Welcome to P.S. You Are Loved, hosted by your girls, Serenity and Tanisha. We're two childhood besties who have been through it all. We'll be sharing ideas and stories about personal growth, self-love, and living your best life. And as always, if you haven't been told yet today, P.S. You Are Loved. Welcome back to P.S. You Are Loved. It's your girls, Tanisha and Serenity. Hey, hey. We're so excited to to be back. We were on a a little hiatus just dealing with life, but we are connected and we have some amazing content coming up for you guys. What what are we talking about today, Serenity? Today we are talking about body positivity. Um, I think it's super, super important to have these kind of conversations, but also with my background and your background, um, I think it's a really cool subject to touch on, especially most of our viewers are women and body positivity is a really big discussion. It's, it's become like almost like a trending topic. I'm using air quotes here because I see it everywhere. I have, I have lived a body positive life my entire life. Um, so for something to be trending seems a little bit strange to me. Um, but I guess the biggest picture, the bigger picture for me here, um, that I wanted to shed light on was body positivity is not just for, um, plus size women. And I feel like it's, it has been that staple and it's, it's almost been taken over by the plus size industry. Not that that's a bad thing, um, at all. I'm not hating on the idea that, plus size women deserve space and need to have space. But I think body positivity is bigger than just the size of our bodies. It's also the color of our skin. It's also um, if we feel that we're too skinny, it's also body hair. It's also just embracing your body in general, you know? Um, So yeah, we're kind of going to dig into that a little bit today. And also, you know, from my perspective as a doula, the motherhood conversation around, you know, the snapback which we will, I definitely want to dive deep in, but I love that you're talking about, you know, I've always been a petite skinny person. Um, and I always felt like I, I felt guilty or bad right. for, for having a problem with that because I kept hearing so many times in my life, people would kill to have your figure. People would be so happy to be your size and, you know, me wanting at times to gain weight or have a bigger bum because as a, as a black woman, being a petite person, I think Jada Pinkett Smith actually talked about this years ago, maybe even on Oprah, how being a petite, a petite person um, is really hard sometimes as a black woman, because you don't have that big butt that everybody wants. So that you're kind of like, you know, and then other white women or, or other people be like, I have a bigger butt than you. And then you're <laughs> now you're like, okay, so not only are you con- like attacking my identity as a black woman, you're shaming me for my natural figure. You know, you have no idea what, maybe I was sick for two weeks. Maybe, you know, no matter how much I work out, I might not get that extra muscle gain or weight. Like you just don't know, right? So right. I think just being kind um, is super important, but, but yeah, let's dive into it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so for me personally, um, my journey really started when I started nude modeling. Um, and that was when I was about 18, 19 years old, started taking it a little bit more seriously when I turned about 20. And I've been doing that work my for, the, for those last 10 years. And 
again, going back to the idea of what body positivity means to me, it was embracing the darkness of my skin. Um, I've written a few articles about this and talked about this heavily, uh, especially in the past, is my, my own identity seemed like a foreign subject to me. Like I grew up in a household that where everybody obviously looked like me, um, but I didn't ever embrace that part of me. I'm the darkest in my family. I assumed that I was ugly because I was dark. Um, I constantly told myself that I would not find love because I was so dark. And there was a lot of struggle in my childhood up into my adolescence where I did not think I was worthy of a lot of things because I was so dark skinned. Um, I used to literally pray at night. I remember like being in the third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, going to bed, like sitting at the edge of my bed with my hands, you know, in a prayer, asking God to like put me in a white family. Like, I remember having those conversations with God, wishing that, you know, he didn't do this to me. Like, it, like I felt, it's like I felt as though I was cursed. And again, I was constantly around family members who looked like me, but I never thought that we were worthy as people. You know, we also struggled with income and finances. So I just thought like hardship equaled blackness and blackness equaled hardship. And that's still something that I'm constantly having to remind myself of when I am doing well or things are going good for me. Um, I constantly have to remind myself that, no, you worked really hard for this and it's okay to accept what is flourishing for you, um, you know, to kind of push forward in your life. So it's, it's, that's kind of where my struggle has been. And that's why I do have this conversation about, you know, plus size women, you know, about body positivity, not just being about something that is addressing plus size issues. Um, but yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I wanted to, before you moved on, I wanted to touch on what you mentioned there about kind of generational trauma, generational beliefs, or maybe self, self, I don't want to say self hate, but just self, self lack of, of love. Um, and how that can really impact from the f familial level to the core of who you are. You know, you said, like myself, you know, you, you lived in a family or your family is comprised of, of family members who ha look like you. Um, but where was the conversation or where was your ability to see them loving themselves for, for you to see them, you know, fully positively embracing how they look so that you could model that. Right. And right. so now it's on, on you, it's on me to break that cycle to, of generational trauma, which People think that is kind of woo-woo, but it actually at a cellular level, like these negative thoughts, these these ants as they're called, on an on an on an automatic, sorry, negative thinking ants. You don't want the ants to get you, and so this actually has direct links to your cellular inflammation. Okay. So, like, oh, you know, I think I look ugly today. Like, what is that actually doing to your your skin cells, your your heart cells, and is that going to potentially develop over time into something and manifest into something more insidious because you continuously believe this negativity about who you are and what you represent. Um, and so I applaud you for, for doing the hard work because it's not easy when you are living in a family or a society or a country that does not support you breaking that cycle. You know, the part of the entire beauty industry is to propagate that that there is something wrong with you and that you need all these things to fix that. You know, for goodness sake, we even just a very small example, you look at soap, okay, conditioner, whatever. For men, they got like three in one, 
five and one, a hundred and one. Okay. <laughs> so soap, cream, whatever. For women, you gotta get the eye cream, you gotta get the, the under eye cream, you gotta get the eyebrow brush, you gotta like everything is individuated because mm-hmm. I feel like they want to either A objectify and segment us to down to our body parts. And B, they know that we're gonna do it. We're gonna buy all these different things because right. we don't Right. Yeah. I mean, I think watching Mad Men um, really opened my eyes about like what advertising looked like at that time and how it's evolved into what's evolved into. Um, It's a timepiece on Netflix and super relevant to just understanding like why we even do the things that we're doing. You know, I mean, it was thrown at us. We thought this was the right thing to do. So we just continued to do it. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really good point about, you know, just the generational hate and, and, and belief system. I mean, my mom used to perm my hair from the time that I was eight years old and that was to look more like a white person, you know, and that was, that was her conditioning us to understand that if we want to fit in, this is what we have to do. And from a really young age, I like, I fought that. I used to swim. I was an avid swimmer seven days a week. Um, I was on a swim team. I played for, for, um, for my city um, as well as my school. And swimming and chlorine and hair perm is not a mix. Like you should not be doing those things. So I kind of, I feel like I went into swimming knowing that my mom couldn't perm my hair. So I would swim more so that I didn't have to do this thing that she thought I needed to do. And it's, it's, not until I was an adult that I really acknowledged that that's what I was doing. You know, I struggled to swim because I have really bad asthma, but I was like, no, I'm going to swim. And then she can't force me to do this thing over here. So it was, yeah, but it's, 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 it's really sad that that's, that's kind of what a big part of my upbringing was. Um, but when you become, you know, I became an adult and now I see, okay, body positivity is everywhere, but it's like, I don't feel like it includes me because the conversation isn't beyond the sizes of women, it is specifically just talking about size and not talking about all the other things that go into what body positivity actually means. When you take those words, it's being positive about your body and it doesn't just have to be about your size. No. And I think that that's something as a doula that I really, in my early prenatals, I really dig in with my clients is that you are going to A, be shocked if you're not mentally prepared for how much your body is going to change as you're growing this human. And if you're not prepared, you're not going to be happy with it. You're going to be trying to actively go against this natural process. And then as soon as the baby comes, what you should be doing is resting for uh, several months, to be honest. You're going to be focusing on that snapback, which is totally, not only physically detrimental, but mentally detrimental to both mom and baby. What is snapback? You keep mentioning that. So it's like when you go on Instagram and you see pictures of like the, the a person who's pregnant and then right beside there's a picture of that person like totally fit. And it's like five weeks, five months, you know, however many oh, days. Post baby. Post baby. Got it. Got it. You know, the belly was, belly was there and then they snap back to what they look like or maybe even better than what they look like. Okay. Got and it. Everyone like I'm again, like, like the body positivity movement, I'm not here to knock anyone's effort to, to get healthy but there should never be a getting back to point, especially when it comes to pregnancy or having kids, because your, your body is forever changed. You know, they say that your ribs expand up to nine inches when you're, when you're pregnant, they ain't going back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? 
people think that if you breastfeed, your boobs are going to sag, but like, no, pregnancy makes your boobs sag because they grow so large, like quickly over time. And then if you don't wean slowly after you, after the baby's born, they kind of just don't look the same. So just these different and confusing ideologies around, you know, positivity around how your body is supposed to look when you're pregnant or having a baby. And it causes a lot of issues. Like I had a client once where um, she had a C-section and she's used to doing whatever the hell she wants and, and running around and doing all these things. And when you have a C-section, you need to be resting for at minimum three weeks, like straight after this, after the major that it is. And she's up and down, going up and down the stairs after a couple of days when I went to go visit her and a couple of stitches popped and she got to go back to the hospital. Same thing happened three weeks after that. You know, it's like, why do we, why do we have to go back to this being of who we were before, whether that's size wise, whether that's, you know, bleaching or not bleaching our skin, straightening or not straightening our hair, removing or not removing our hair. Why do we have to go back to anything that people have told you is what you're supposed to do? Why can't you be positive about the body that you're in right now? Yes. Yes. We all need to get there. Like you're talking about your clients and I know a couple of my clients who are listening to this, um, you know, have dealt with postpartum depression um, in a really big way that's affected their families, affected their relationships. And, you know, they have five-year-olds and three-year-olds and two-year-olds. And, you know, it's, it's a process, you know, you could probably speak about that a lot more than me, but it's not this, you wake up the next morning, now you're a mom, now you've got everything figured out. And like, you just keep living, you know, or it's been five years and you're like, why am I still depressed? Why am I still feeling the way that I'm feeling? And I think it's probably a lot in relation to that snapback that you talk about where you're constantly comparing yourself to pre-baby. Now that it's post-baby, you're like, what is wrong with me? How am I still in this mental state? But it is a process. Like you have to kind of go through those motions. And, but the biggest thing is the acceptance of your body, the acceptance of who you are and what you look like today. And not that you need to be content with everything. Cause I think there's a difference between being content and accepting where you are in your life. Right. You can still strive to get to those places that bring you more joy that make you more happy, but it's the acceptance of where you are in this very moment. Like, all right, my shit's not together, but I still got to keep pushing, you know? You know what though? One quick thing I'll say is there's a personal trainer that I know she's, she's pregnant. She identifies as she and homegirl and her husband who live in Spain, they're British. They are all about personal training. Like they are fit. When I talk about fit and healthy, like this is, they are the, they are the poster couple for this. Okay. He's pregnant right now and is fully enjoying every bit of her pregnancy, which again, I know outside of body positivity, not everybody enjoys being pregnant, but her body is quite large. You know, baby girl's got a lot of room in there and the, she's openly shared on her Instagram and Facebook the, because she's a smaller person, the amount of comments and why people feel it's okay for them to comment on her appearance. Wow. You have a watermelon in there whoa, you look like you're going to pop. Are you ever going to get back to your, to your normal size? Oh, don't worry, honey. With hard work, you'll get back. Don't worry. You'll be happy again. Like all of these like (laughs) comments. And she's just like, I'm not trying to be start a war here or a fight, but it's just interesting that people think that they can comment and that they know how I feel about the way that I look when really like we've been wanting this for a long time and I fully embrace this. And yeah, I'll probably get back to, or not get back to, but you know, drop the weight the way that I want to, but maybe I want to keep some of those curves. Maybe 
But, you know, when I have these stretch marks, it's a reminder of this life that grew in me or the, the growth that I went through if, if you never had kids. And what you fought for. You fought for. And so that's kind of what I've been seeing as like, you know, when they say tiger stripes or, um, you know, even in, in music, um, who was it? I think it was, uh, I can't remember the rapper's name now. It's escaping me, but he was just like, show me some, show me something real. Show me some cellulite and, and yeah, yeah, humble, be humble. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> know but like that's what we need to hear more of right and because when I'm thinking about when we were younger serenity we didn't have the representation because I remember like I wanted my name to be Brittany because I didn't have any other um you know positive like celebrity status you know because your family is one one source of positivity and inspiration but celebrity status or people to look up to that look like me so I wanted to look like the people that I saw and and the only celebrity status people that I saw were on BET. And at the time, because BET was a little bit more streamlined to a specific kind of way of being black, you know, I wasn't really allowed to watch that. So I didn't have many I other- I identify with it. I'll be honest with you. Like we were allowed to watch it, but I did not think I was, like it was representation of my life. And maybe it's because we lived in Canada and BET seems like very black American. Um, but it just did not register with me. Like I would watch it some, some of it for the music videos, but other than that, I was like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> this is not our life. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad now, you know, there's so many Instagram accounts that are about body positivity. I mean, one of your businesses is, is embrace your body back, you know, embrace your nakedness. Can you share a little bit about why you started that because it, it opened up a whole world for me i mean you had an event a couple of years ago at handlands point which is a toronto island um and it's clothing optional and that was the first time i'd ever gone to a clothing optional beach and it was amazing so share with us a little bit about why you started that um and wh where it is today um so embrace your body back is like my side sort of uh sister page to just helping other people feel good about their bodies and sharing imagery and thoughts and texts that kind of go correlation with it. So um, I started Embrace Your Body Back a few years ago um, because I wanted to see more bodies that looked not just like my body, but that was more inclusive. So I'm talking, you know, uh, people who are in wheelchairs, I'm talking people with skin disorders, I'm talking people who um, are of all different sizes and all different shapes and colors and et cetera, backgrounds, walks of life, et cetera. Um, but in a way that is highlighting them, but not showing that like, oh, look at these people, they should love themselves. It's like, look at this, this is normal, you know? And I, I feel like that needs to be more part of the conversation. It's like, instead of highlighting saying, you know, um, I was reading an article about Winnie Harlow and they basically in the title talked about her skin disease, quote unquote, before her, her work, you know? So it was like um, vertigo model, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, she has vertigo but she's not a vertigo model you know like she is a model like this is what she does for a living but we're so attached to the idea of creating these labels for people or putting these labels on people and seeing them only in that one stream and i think embrace your body back kind of wants to take away is is there to take away from those labels it's like look at this beautiful human being or look at this person that's doing this work as opposed to look at this person who who is this and doing the work 
Um, but yeah, it kind of just started. It was like a side kind of project for me, um, wanting to connect with more women, wanting to showcase um, the different beauties of what bodies actually look like. Um, especially with my background, having been a really dark skinned black model who also is pro hair. Um, very ironic that now I remove hair for a living, but I, I embrace my body in, in all ways that it kind of sh shows up for me. And sometimes it's really tough because I feel like it's, it's not accepted everywhere, but that's a part of the struggle. You know, it's just kind of dealing with those naysayers or those onlookers that are like, what the fuck is going on here? You know? Um, but I think the biggest thing is just being true to yourself and embrace your body back is, is a safe space for that. Um, right. It's also the hub where I host naked Skype sessions with people um, where they can kind of connect with me on an even deeper level without any labels and just sit down in the nude in their home and talk about whatever it is they want to talk about. So, And normalize that, you know, like it, just normalize that being naked in your house or on a nude beach is okay. You know, this is people forever were like, oh, it's only a European thing. It's like, why? Why does it have to be a European thing? I mean, even little kids in Europe when they go to the beach you know, up until they hit puberty, they don't even have little bikini tops for girls because girls and boys look exactly the same. So they just let them go with their underwear, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned that you remove body hair as a living, for a living now, and you, but you are someone who's um, body hair positive. I think what really is the, is the underlying theme under everything that you do, everything that I do, everything that this podcast stands for is of course, self-love, but also choice. Yeah. You people the choice and as 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 women for some goodness forsaken reason our ability to have choice is constantly met with battle whether that's reproductive choice voting choice choice in who we love why we love whether we have children not have children want to get married not get married right always met with a question and i don't understand why <laughs> because a choice is a choice is a choice and that has you don't have to explain it to anybody but when we're talking about body positivity, we're talking about choosing to actively unlearn and, and protect yourself from the constant bombardment of the negative, bod uh, negative body movement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is unlearning. It is um, rediscovering too, you know, finding out more things that you love about your body, more things that you love about life in general that allows you to love your body. And whether that's different types of food, whether that's trying new clothes, whether that's, you know, whatever it is, it's just the discovery period of yourself. Like that journey has to be ongoing, has to be something that you're constantly evolving with. Um, and I, I'm even remembering now as a child, I wore a lot of really bright colors because I didn't want people to look at my darkness. Mm, wow. And I didn't acknowledge that or realize that that's what I was doing until I was well into my adulthood. But that was something that I did. And I, and I, I remember people always talking about my clothes and I felt like it was a good thing that they talked about my clothes instead of about my body or instead of about my, my dark hair or my dark skin or my boobs or my lips or whatever. It was like, oh, wow, look at that outfit. Like she's always wearing these crazy things. And it was me masking. It was me feeling like I had to hide behind all of these colorful things because that made sense to me. That was not really necessarily part of my, my 
my personality. Um, I have a really loud personality, very bright personality, but I think it's, it really stemmed from me wanting to hide, me wanting to be behind this facade where people didn't have these discussions about things that I was insecure about. Right, right. Wow, that's, that's huge. And I think, um, I guess, to wrap up, I'm wondering, what would you, and, and, and I, I'll also answer this as well, but what would you say to yourself if you, you know, were in an opera, given an opportunity to mentor 12 year old Serenity, eight year old Serenity, um, with all that you know now, what would you tell her if you had a couple of minutes or you could write her a little bit of a, a letter or Instagram post? What would you say? So I have one better. I'm not even going to talk to my little self, I'm going to talk to Melina. And this is my new Naked Skype partner. She is three years old and she was adopted. She's been adopted by two um, white parents, a mom and a dad. And she is a little black girl, like little black girl magic. Um, Her parents reached out to me because they know that I am obviously a naturist and a person who loves body positivity and, and been this kind of light with Naked Skype. They reached out to me and wanted me to mentor her and I'm so excited because now we're pen pals. She writes me letters um, and draws me pictures. And she's only three, but we have a dance party at the end of our chats. And um, it'll be an ongoing thing. And I think if I'm speaking to Melina, I am telling her to love herself. I'm telling her that she's beautiful. I'm telling her that things might not always feel easy, but she's worthy of love. And that life is literally ours. We can do anything that we want to do. I think that that's, that's my, that's my token speech to my little person. <laughs> wow. I love that. That I, okay. I can't top that. That's exactly what, <laughs> what uh, would you say to your little self? Um, I think I would just say, well, hopefully I would know you and like, you would also be talking to me, but <laughs> Of course, girl. I'm always there. I'm always there. <laughs> um, I think I would encourage myself to listen to my own voice and not, and not readily absorb the media, my friends, everything else, and listen to my own voice, you know, because there have been times when I was like, I don't really want to shave my arms. And I was like, ugh, I'm going to this event. Maybe I should take it out. But like, if I listen to that voice and had the confidence, like many other people like yourself, um, I think Amanda Saddleberg or something, I can't remember her last name, where she was, I went to the, went to the Grammys or something in this beautiful dress and, you know, showed her underarm hair as a black woman. And I, if I wish I had that more confidence, I would tell myself to listen and go with your gut first. Yes. Yes. Listen to your body, listen to your heart, listen to that intuitive nature that we have as women, you know, if it feels good, fucking do it. <laughs> just do it yeah but yeah that was pretty much our chat today super super excited to get this started up again I know that we took a short hiatus but we are back and we want to share more goodies with you some of you have actually reached out to me asking me where this podcast was so this is for you just letting you know I'm doing my head nod thing again that Tanisha was making fun of me for And all we want to say is that you are loved and P.S. you are loved is for you. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here with us and celebrating you. We love you. We love you all. Please don't forget to share this. 
rate, review, subscribe. Get in touch with us on Instagram, uh, underscore PSURLoved, or email us at our Gmail, which is PSURLovePodcast. We want to hear from you. Um, truly, I know that, you know, Serenity, you have a great following, but I want to hear too. I want to know what's going on and what you guys think. <laughs> Let us know. Thank say you. Say hi. Come say hi. <laughs> have a good one, guys. Bye.